0: I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host Kim and special guest Jenna Lab.
1: You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show.
0: Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam and I'm Kim. And we make the case that Mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or rote memorizing facts, but it's about thinking and reasoning about creating and using mental relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures,
1: then what? So in this episode, we're super excited to kick off a new series uh huh. where we share with you some of the ways that we made sure that we partnered with parents rather than creating a division between home and school with regard to math education.
0: Yeah. So important to not divide, right? Like how do we partner with parents, not like pretend that it's all us and not them or they're, mm-hmm. they have one domain and we have the other. Like how can mm-hmm. we actually work with
1: the other? Yeah. And so some of the listeners may know that you and I actually met when you mm-hmm. were a parent in the district that I worked in. Sure enough. Um, and so the, the quick story is that Pam, you know, was already math Pam and and she had <laughs> done some work in, in secondary and she had um, students pick kids in our district and she mm-hmm. started working with this district and. Over the, the next couple of years, kind of kind of took over the district as far as um, math education and training. And we had teachers who were um, had had different experiences and had done a different amount of training. And so we had parents who had teachers who were kind of at different um, parts of their journey. Right. And so exactly. there a lot of questions, lots of questions from parents in our district.
0: Yeah. And we had worked with teachers. We'd done a lot of really good work. Like you said, teachers were all over the place um, necessarily because they'd done mm-hmm. different levels. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so were parents. Um, the kids mm-hmm. were having different experiences. Uh, they were getting some uh, versions of different messages because teachers were over the, all, all over the place. I remember a particular family that had two students so because of that they had an older student that had one teacher that had more or less experience and they had a younger stu- uh, student who had a different teacher who had more or less experience and so the the kids were sort of kind of getting different messages and mm-hmm. and the parents love it were invested in their kids education like we yes. like that we want involved parents we want parents who care you know about their kids and their education and how things are going and talk to their kids and are, are invested and involved. And so this one particular set of parents asked to meet with me and y'all, let me tell you, this dad was intense. Uh, kind of one of those meetings where the mom was like, like she'd put her hand on his knee, like honey, you know, honey. And was like, <laughs> he's, he was like, in my face, you're like, Hey, you're not going to ruin my, and he had two girls. You're not going to ruin my girl's education. It was kind of his message. He didn't say it that way. He was, he was polite and everything. He was just, he was, he was clear that what he could was seeing was not what he was used to, was not what he uh was clear was success. He was also, to be fair, seeing some things from a, a less um trained teacher, a teacher who hadn't done as much work with us, who was trying some things and uh, kind of emphasizing, maybe not what we would suggest you emphasize, you know, when you try stuff, you don't always maybe do it exactly sure. the way that you would when you know more. Yeah, And so because of that, things were a little muddy for the student. And so I, I, I took it, you know, I was like, tell me, tell me what you're thinking. And and he would get you know, a little excited and his voice would raise and the and the mom would put her hand on it, you know, calm down. And he's like, but this is important. And, and, and he was really clear or she was, excuse me, was always was clear that it was important to her too. You know, we really care about our daughter and we're just, we're unclear why we're seeing this and she's frustrated. And, and I heard them out. It was so important to keep listening. And, and, and at the same time we had decided to hold parent meetings. right? We knew that parents were having questions. We knew there was confusion. I knew from my background as a T-Cubed instructor, teachers teaching with technology, uh, I had sort of um, lived through some of the math wars, especially that happened in California and some other places. And so I was aware that there were heightened emotions. I was very intensely aware that that we wanted to keep parents uh, well-informed and on our side, not not sort of left out in the cold so that they, we couldn't have good conversations. Y'all, I met with this set of parents. I invited them to our parent meetings. We actually had a series of parent meetings. <laughs> I swear, it was not until the third meeting that he started nodding. Like, like mm-hmm. it was kind of like the first meeting he was still sitting up tall and kind of like his back was up, you know, and it was really intense. And kind of the second meeting he was... He was doing the math with us and he was kind of leaning in a little bit. By the third meeting, he was nodding. He needed to be heard and he needed to understand. And then he was on board. Yeah. Let me just say that again. Like I had to hear him out. Then he needed an experience where he could like dive in and actually experience the math. When we had parent meetings, we actually did math with the parents. And then... Bam! Then he was on board, and he became one of our biggest supporters. So, in a huge way, let's talk about how we need to hear
1: parents, and we need to help them understand. Yeah, I'm going to jump in for a second because I also think that um, a, an important note to make is that when you said listen to hear and understand, mm-hmm. we have to be really careful that we aren't automatically ready with a response. Right? We we can be. Quick to defend because we know what we're talking about and we know what's going on. And then we just tell them how they're wrong sometimes, right? We we we're taking it in, but we already have a response ready. Or or
0: or while they're talking, you're thinking about your response, mm -hmm, you're you're formulating how you're gonna say it, and you're not
1: maybe really actually present, listening. Yeah. Right. So I think an important thing to to notice or to to think about is how could they know, right? it's not their experience and they don't understand math for teaching it's not really their job and so when we're listening set aside some of that defense a little bit so that we really are listening to hear and understand
0: yeah and, and and i got that back from that set of parents they once they were nodding and on board um they shared with me that it was really important the reason they were willing to come to the parent meetings was because they felt heard during that first meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, they felt like I wasn't just trying to convince them, but that I actually listened to them. I, I heard their concerns. I repeated back. I hear this is what you're saying. And that listening can be really important for uh, parents need to feel heard. This is important, right? This is their kid. This is their life. They're putting all their uh, emotional um, energy, we hope, um, into those kids to, to, you know, help them uh, grow and all the things. And it's tough. This is not a trivial thing. Parents are trying And we want them involved. I can't, I can't stress how important Kim and I feel it is to, to not try to separate kids from parents. We, we don't ever want to say, and and sometimes I've, I've heard where, uh, teachers will say, oh, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we'll do the math at school. Don't, don't help your kid. Don't, you know, in kind of a, um, a well-meaning attempt, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to teach some strategy that parents aren't used to. And so in in a well-meaning attempt, we might be like, oh, you know, you're only going to do the algorithm at home, or you're just going to teach step-by-step procedures at home, or you don't really understand the math that we're trying to do. And so you just stay out of it, parent, parent, you just, you know, don't worry. We've got it. We've got it. I, I, may I please respectfully suggest don't do that. Like don't tell parents, uh, that, that they are not important in their kids' lives. Even if, uh, even if they don't know the math, like, let's like, don't make that assumption. And and then for sure, don't suggest like, we're going to keep you separate from your kid because
1: we're the uh, be an end all we're the know-it-alls yeah. we're the, I, I don't know. Well, like, and even if, sorry, yeah, no, even ahead. if those aren't the words that you're saying, maybe consider that that's the message that they're hearing. Mm, yeah. 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 It, it, to be, it's, thank you
0: for saving me. I'm not suggesting any teacher is really being that cut and dried or that dismissive or that, uh, help me, that um, arrogant. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not suggesting that. I'm not suggesting you would sound quite that bold, though I have heard it. Um, but I think sometimes we could behave in ways that doesn't kind of honor the fact that we want to partner with parents and that we're better together. I'm reminded Kim, as we're talking about an experience that I had, uh, I was on NPR. It was so cool, by the way, that was, mm-hmm. that was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, so it was on science Friday. And to do that, uh, I went to a local radio station, uh, the, the, Iroflato, the, the, the host of science Friday it was, I don't know even know where, wherever, wherever they record that show. And, and he recorded it where he is. And I was in the studio here in Austin. And so I had to go to the, the studio and they set me all up with the big mic and the earphone, you know, like the whole setup. It was really cool. Um, it was a fun experience. But right before I walked in, the gentleman who was kind of uh, in charge of the the, the local site and, and uh, you know, the whole recording and everything was, uh, he met me at the door and I had to a whole security thing. It was really cool. Anyway, as we were sitting waiting for the recording studio to open up. He and I had a conversation. I was like, you know, what do you do? I, I'm expecting him to say, well, I'm the director of whatever. And he goes, oh, I'm the heavy metal guy. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, well, we wear a lot of hats. It's a small studio. And so I'm the heavy metal guy. Um, I do the weekend show for heavy metal stuff. I think it was the weekend show. Anyway, he did something. I just remember he was the heavy metal guy. I'm the heavy metal guy. And um, and then we kept talking. He says, but I also do this part. Um, sometimes I fill in uh, for, you know, helping me get acclimated and and, and knowing what to do in the studio. And so as we were talking, it was interesting, you know, well, what are you here for? What's the topic and everything? And so I told him, you know, Science Friday, and we're going to talk about uh, teaching, teaching math and uh, how we can help students, uh, you know, really mathematize, et cetera. And he said, I'll never forget this. So picture heavy metal guy, right? And he, And he looked at me and he goes, I don't understand why parents are upset about what our kids are doing in math class today. Because when I see what my daughter's doing, like on a number line or, or and then he kind of used some words that we don't typically use, but he said something like on the rectangles, we would usually say an array or an area model. And, and when I see my daughter doing that, that, those are the relationships that I use in my head. When, when I do math, that's how I think about math. I, I don't think about math the way my teachers tried to get me to do step-by-step procedures. The way that she's using relationships, that's the way I've always thought about math. I thought that was fascinating. So sometimes there are parents, and and I'm sure we have listeners today that are like, well, yeah, Pam, that's that's true for all of us. Well, maybe not. Maybe you're not the heavy metal guy parent who's really clear that what his daughter's doing today is what he was always naturally doing in his head. You might be the parent like me. I was the parent that when my son brought home the worksheet in first grade that said, doubles plus or minus i don't know exactly doubles plus or minus one or something or near doubles i don't remember exactly what it said and it would literally have the kids do something like eight plus eight and then it would ask eight plus nine and then it would ask seven plus eight and i looked at that and i was like huh well that's kind of cool mm-hmm. huh. <laughs> it was this moment of like well they're good relationships yeah i've never thought about that Ah, that's all right. I like, it. I mean, I was. It was so foreign to me. You just memorize the facts. That in me. Now, I'm not suggesting that's the thing to do, but that was my experience. I did not recognize what my son was either doing on that worksheet or what he was doing, kind of naturally in his head. And then my second son was doing the same kind of thing. When I met Kim, and Kim was doing all this stuff, I did not recognize that stuff. That was not the kind of mental things that I was. Mental math to me meant line up the digits and see if I could hang on to the crossy outies and little ones and stuff. Uh, That's that. That's what my experience was. Maybe we have parents that relate to that. And if we have parents that relate to that, and I'm going to suggest that that might be the experience of the vast majority of parents that we deal with. Maybe I'm, I'm guessing a little bit here, but many of our parents had a different experience in school uh, we're suggesting today that we need to hear them out and we need to mm-hmm. honor the fact that they care about their kids and they want the best for them just like we do and then can we help those parents understand what we now know about teaching math
1: yeah that's the second time you said that about the the teaching math portion because mm-hmm. it's not just about mathematics right the, the language of mathematics it's about teaching math and we actually talked about this in episode 13 Math yeah. for teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an important point because we have the study of teaching math layered on top of our mathematics knowledge that that parents don't necessarily need to have in their tool belt. Yeah, I mean they they could be great parents
0: without being experts in the teaching of math. They also could be um, mathematicians, physicists, uh, engineers, people that deal with math a lot, and and not have math for teaching might not have the expertise of math for teaching because that's not what they studied that's not the, the sort of place that they are sometimes people a slightly different point sometimes people on social media will or or other places will push back against me and they'll say why are you calling algorithms evil and i'll say i'm not calling algorithms evil at all they're they're really cool actually because they're the general solution now i don't mean strategies here I mean algorithms the general solution that computers need to have in order to solve problems. I mean, it's kind of cool when people can create those. But that's not how we teach mathematizing. You don't teach kids to think like a mathematician by having them do what only computers can do, by just repeat rote memorized steps. So there's this bit about math for teaching. And like Kim said, episode 13, if you want to know more about that, we'd uh, send you there. We'd also send you to the parent podcast that we did in episode 55. So episode 55 of the Math is Figureoutable podcast, we talked specifically to parents. In this episode, we're talking to teachers, educators, leaders about working with parents. What does it mean to, as we deal with parents, how can we partner with parents? We want to help all of us think through the role of teachers and educators in helping parents educate their students. And how can, how can we partner together so that we can get the biggest bang for our buck? But you might be interested to check out episode 55 for you to, to, uh, as an episode that you can hand to parents. You can say, hey, parents, you want to know what we're doing? This is a great episode that was created just for you as parents. So Kim, you mentioned earlier that um, when we're listening to teachers, excuse me, to parents, that it's not just listening to get your response ready, mm-hmm. but also it might be about asking questions, so
1: mm-hmm. that you
0: actually understand where parents are coming from, what they mean. Don't just assume when they start talking that you, oh, I've heard this before. Okay, here I've got my pet answer. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you, blah blah blah. Kim, I am reminded about uh, a story that you told me about. So, uh, I think I think you met a student's parents. Do you know which one uh, I'm talking about? The the, the parents, yes, that kind of I mean, was early. I mean, you're yeah, ask
1: me this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so I had a lovely, lovely student. Quiet, um, in thoughtful, thoughtful, like just, just char- like charming. So kind, and um, I got a call about a parent meeting. And I can't remember how we got set up, but the word that came back was they're really like upset. And I thought, Mm. oh my gosh, like what in the world is going on? And so I got nervous and I was really like, like worried about it. And, and all I knew was that they were upset with me and like, they wanted to sit down and so fun, fun.
0: Those are fun meetings, right? Like, yeah, Look fun, forward to those.
1: <laughs> and I thought, okay, like what's going on. And so we scheduled a meeting and they came in. The the mom and the dad came in and we sat down. And I, you know, they they started talking to me and they were kind of expressing their concern. And I started talking to them. And the concern, and I kind of laugh now because I know these <laughs> these parents and they're lovely, and we we have a good relationship even to this day but their concern was that their son had come home and said like you yell all the time. And I thought, oh gosh, why I wouldn't want that to to, to be the message that anybody got. Yeah. And yeah. the the short of it is, they sat down, they met with me, they talked with me, and and they said to me, "Oh, you're just not Lugo." And I said, <laughs> "What?" This this I was teaching third grade at the time. And the second grade teacher that this sweet boy had had was the most a, a colleague of ours, right? Soft spoken, <laughs> um, unassuming, like calm, quiet, calm. Patient. And they met me, and I'm all all me, right? Like I'm loud and I'm kind of like hands are going and I'm just animated, excited, talker. energetic, fast yeah. talker. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, he's used to Lugo. And <laughs> We, we he's just not acclimated yet, and they loved me, and I loved them. But but the the point was, I could have been very very defensive and like were like I was a little worried. I I wanted to be well received, sure. Um, but they and I just had a different story, and so once we sat down to have a conversation, I did not go into it ready to defend myself. I didn't go into it ready to like tell them that their son was wrong, and I wasn't a yeller and.
0: I I asked questions. Mm -hmm.
1: asked Mm -hmm. questions. I had them say their piece. And I don't think that's super foreign to teachers, right? Like we, we want parents to share their concerns, but, but I know that there have been times where I wasn't as open. And so this is a reminder to me as well as maybe to other people that listening to hear I mean, hear, sorry, hearing, hearing to actually hear them, to actually listen, to deeply understand them is so important, so valuable. And, and, different and perspective.
0: P- yeah, and absolutely. And part of what I love about the story uh, for this episode specifically is because because you heard them out and asked them questions and kept talking. That's what allowed them to to realize who you are and to realize, yeah. oh, you're just animated and excited and have energy. And you're just not like this, like you said, quiet, patient, calm, Mm -hmm. uh, Ms. Lugo, who he had had the year before who y'all, if I could just, I mean, (laughs) we've been in the same room we've actually presented together. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, she is like the student whisperer. She is the quietest teacher. I think maybe I've ever met though. Kim and I were talking, we do know one other teacher who might give her a run for the money. But you could be in a room where the kids were all working. They were, they, there, was, there was talking and energy and, and kids were getting stuff done. And she would literally go, okay, everybody, it's time to – and within like three words, the whole class would – like quiet, like everybody would be silent. And then they would listen to her go, okay, get your stuff together because we're going to – and <laughs> I had been in the room where all of a sudden I was like, what is happening? I mean, it was so like they, 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 she was just the student whisperer and it was so foreign to me. Kim, I'm a lot more like you. I'm energetic okay. and animated and, you know, like all over the place. Um, So, so, so interesting that because you allowed them to, to answer your questions and to get, say their piece and to really express their concern. And as you had the conversation, they were able to get to know you enough to go, oh, like they almost answered the question themselves. We get mm-hmm. it. Okay. Okay. He's just, doesn't. he's not used to you yet. You are, you're wonderful, delightful, whatever. It's going to be okay. And, and mm-hmm. sure enough, sure enough, he was, he, right. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it evened out pretty quickly. He got to know you. And then you guys had a, a fabulous, I think two years together.
1: Didn't you loop with him? We did. We did. And, and I will say that even as a teenager, his mom would, would text back with me and say, Oh, he still, he still loves you. Still a favorite. Still. Aww. Yeah. It's good. Nice. nice.
0: So cool. So teachers, today we just kind of wanted to start talking about how can we work with parents? So important to hear them out and to help them
1: understand what we mean by teaching real math. Yeah, really to get parents' perspective. And in the next few episodes, we're going to dig into how to help parents understand what's going on in our math classes.
0: So two things here, help understand. Today we did the here. Next time, let's talk about helping understand. If you want to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and students are mathematizing more and more, then join the Math is outable movement and help us spread the word that math is outable. Thank
1: you for listening and making math more outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at maththisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central.
0: Math teaching, math teaching. Go register now. That's maththisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.